No, it's too spooky, Kiki. <laughs> it started too spooky. No, cut. Um, and this is a an episode of the World as We Know It podcast. Uh, and I'm Kiki. Brad's here. We're both here, <laughs> and it's Halloween. Um, you, by the time this comes out, it'll probably be uh, well into November. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're here today to talk about the country of the, the Czech, Czech Republic, Republic or Czechia. we uh, didn't talk about ourselves at the end of our Mexico episode, we thought we would do a flip-flop episode today, talk about ourselves, talk about some culture, and then get into the history of of the Czech Republic. And this is probably, guys, going to be a two-parter. Oh, for sure. There's just a lot to go through, and I don't want to fuck over Chechia, even though they have already already many times over now. So (laughs) it's not going to be by me. Um, So Brad, what have you been up to for the past few weeks? All right, so for the past couple of weeks, we haven't really talked about what's new with us since early September, but grad school has only gotten harder as the semester's gone on. Um, Who I would did, have thunk yeah. it? Well, here's the thing. is second semester of anything is way easier because you have summer to look forward to. True that. Um, and so coming back from that, I was like, yeah, my second year, grad school is going to be just fine like where I left it. But no, first semester is the worst one. It's been hard as fuck. Um, yeah. I, so anyway... <laughs> Yep. Have so, you read anything? I haven't. I've, I, <laughs> Have I, you I, watched talk. any TV? Um, I've been watching some spoopy stuff on Netflix just to get in the mood. It's, it's the best part of the year, best time of the year to watch like horror movies and junk. But uh, new with us, um, you know, we're avid listeners of other podcasts besides our own. Shocking. Sure are. Um, but I've been really into like short story podcasts, podcasts that like um, like it's called a hundred, a thousand and one uh, classic short stories. I mean, just take a, a classic short story. They read it. They say goodbye. It's it's like it's basically audible for poor people. And I, I like it. it. Yeah. Um. So we're doing that. Usually when I run or walk Sorry. around. But audible for poor people is the overdrive and Libby apps that I always use for my audiobooks. Turn up. Um. I'm just gonna wait your turn, Kiki. Um. Let's see. Um. School's very busy. My girlfriend and I just had our two-year anniversary last week. Congratulations! Shout I was there out. for a part of it. <laughs> Kiki didn't make an appearance. Um. And then, oh yeah, Kiki and I last week went to a global trivia night hosted by the... Oh, the, the, the school that we go to is Global Partners Program. Yeah, and before Kiki says anything, I thought it was a fun trivia night. It was a good mix of questions and challenges, some difficult stuff mixed with some pretty normal stuff. Um, our... <laughs> She's chugging a milkshake and just made a fool. Um, I did. I did just chug a milkshake because <laughs> I need to get some sweetness to get through this bitterness. <laughs> um, our only gripe was that um, the rules for the teams weren't exactly right. We're, I mean, weren't exactly clear, and so we were just getting to sit with our friends and be in a group with them. But we still had fun, Kiki. It was fun. I would not say that the the rules weren't clear. I would say the rules were very clear, and the judges just decided that they didn't care about them. Uh, Brad and I were a team of ourselves because we were sitting with some friends, and then. There was like something like five of them, and then I show up late, and they're like, "Oh well, if there there can't be seven of us, yeah, uh, because it's a six-person team rule." So Brad and I, we're geniuses. We'll make our own team for sure, um, and and we'll we'll respect these rules because we're good fucking people. <laughs> um, and then, so playing with two people, we were doing pretty well. The the questions were challenging, we which did well. I really like. Um, we got fifth place. With a two-person team. Out of ten, right? Out of ten teams. And the top four teams all had more than six people. Yeah. I mean, so it turned out to be, like, big group efforts. So, like, if... I'm just saying, like, if we had been... If we had joined onto one of those other groups, we would have won because of our collective genius. (laughs) But... We didn't win, and it was embarrassing. We're both breaking because at least three people were like, "Don't you have a history and geography podcast?" And I'm like, "No, uh, yes, I do, but I don't have a UN podcast. I don't have a sports of the world podcast. We don't talk. Actually, a lot of the questions were geared towards political stuff, world leaders. We really do gloss over that and talk more a lot more about history and culture. Yep, and we're on our 18th country." 
we're we're not there yet. <laughs> Although Nicaragua's flag did come up, and we got it. It wrong. wasn't Nicaragua's flag. It was Guatemala's flag. Oh shit! It was Guatemala's flag. Um, and I got it confused. The Honduran flag. <laughs> and you're okay now. It's like this one. I deserve some embarrassment because I was being like an ass. I'm like, you guys listen to Flag Corner. You fucking know these answers. <laughs> it's my assholes. favorite segment. It's my bastards. fucking favorite segment. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see what this one is? Because there's like the flag of Nepal, which is like the only flag that's not a rectangle. Yeah. And they're like, what is it? What? And I'm like, bitch, it's a palm. Um, uh, but so, but, anyway. but actually, thinking about, thinking about it in hindsight, as I've done, because time has <laughs> yeah, passed. Yeah, I'm so bitter. Uh, but um, that was probably the largest gathering to date of listeners of our podcast in one area. That's true. And it was also the first time we've, like, in the real world, been ambassadors for our show and, like, done something topical about it that's true so it was um, fun and also our uh, both of our guests uh, in the past tom and Cher were there yeah tom was actually running it which i mean so i Cher, expected more of Cher was on the winning team yeah Cher was on the winning team tom and he was, was the obviously moderator. their golden boy yeah so i mean the cream of the crop you know uh ones <laughs> we know are alums we're running the show <laughs> <laughs> we were proud papas just sitting back looking at our boys <laughs> go <laughs> they wouldn't be where they were without us <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, but that's enough about Global Trivia Night. <laughs> it's been a week coming. We want to talk about it. Um, uh, what's more? What's more things about my life? Yeah. Um, my parents sent me a care package for the month of October from the South. This care package consisted of <laughs> crowded. <laughs> Shut the fuck moonshine. up. I wish. Uh, <laughs> lots of Halloween candy, stone ground grits, which I was very happy to get. Um, <laughs> Uh, kitchen towels, a science fiction novel, and um, what else is in there? Something that I was oh, yeah, a thermos. So everything they think I would need in Indiana. And they were correct <laughs> on all counts. So they was, seem to really know you. They do. Would you say that your parents are fond of you? I would say that they are very fond of me. They raised me. That doesn't necessarily mean they like I'd, me. I'd be bold to say that I am genetic, you know, I'm half genetically them, so. All right. Yeah. Kiki, what's new in your world? Um, so much. So I changed my whole career. And <laughs> oh, yeah, that happened. So since then, everything has been um, very different. Some of you may remember, uh, one of my early early goals for going to grad school is to be a city manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's it's been, it's been revealed to me over the past, <laughs> since I started grad school, that city management for me would be swimming uphill. It would be the path of most resistance because of my personality. Uh, and because of how I look, you guys can't see my face, um, but I'm a beautiful woman, and I think that would be to my detriment as a city manager, personally. In fact, we get to record this podcast with one of those um, secrecy walls, yeah. like a confession thing between us. Very much, because um, Brad cannot handle his arousal. Yeah, I faint around women. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, like so, an anime nosebleeds. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, so and I've got a very, I've got a very. I don't want to say a boisterous personality. It sounds like a bad thing. Um, but I'm enthusiastic about a lot of things that city managers aren't supposed to be enthusiastic about. Like weed and stuff. <laughs> Just kidding. That's not where I was trying to go with that. But anyway, so I switched my uh, career focus from city management to public engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I can be like a little more free with how I express myself. I'll be probably working for a consulting firm um, or, or something like that where I've got more more agency and I'm not a public figure. So that was a big switch. And Met all, Bernie all... Sanders. Okay, I'm okay. Sorry, very thunder. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> right, well, no, Brad, you got something to say. Well, I was going to say that something you've told us in the past is that you had a bad experience, like, oh, yeah, with, my internship with was the internship. It was like, so the real, the real world, you know, on the ground in the trenches experience you got was like, this sucks. This is shitty. Yeah, nothing has convinced me to do it as much as convinced me not to do it. Yeah. Um, but I met uh, Bernie Sanders. He's now my close personal confidant. Um, I got to help out with his stuff for a day when he came to our campus. Where is it? And hmm, what else did I do? Oh, I've read a ton of books. Not a ton. A handful. Give us the cream of the crop. What was the highlights? <laughs> so, your favorite books you've read? One I'm reading right now is actually about the Romanovs. Or the Russian imperial family. Very interesting. I read that book about Catherine the Great that you guys may remember. Um, and here's the thing. I want to style myself as like Catherine the... All right. <laughs> Catherine the man. <laughs> Catherine the... Sure. <laughs> um, so this one, this one's good. I'm, I'm almost all the way through it. 
I read Unbelievable by Katie Tour, which is a book about being a journalist on the Trump campaign. I read How Bernie Won because after meeting his campaign manager, Jeff Weaver, I was like, I should read his book. Uh, so that was neat, I guess. Small aside, there is a show on Amazon called The Romanoffs by the makers of yes, Mad Men. Uh, by Matt Weiner. Yeah. And I was gonna, I'm was i watching it with my sister episode by episode. Cause I'm hope- and also the same costume designer. Because another thing that I... So I've been reading it. It's not a book, but it was the Mad Men style blog. And I told yep. Brad about it. Yep. I maybe mentioned it on the it's podcast. Awesome. But I read the whole thing. It was by Tom and Lorenzo. And it was so good. And it's got me paying attention to costuming in all the shows that I watch. And so now I really want to watch the Romanovs. Uh, because I want to see... I want to know what I can predict from the clothing choices that uh, I think her name is Janie Bryant picks. So you have started it. Is it worth watching? I say yes. Okay. I'm only like, I only watched the first episode. My sister and I are watching it together. Okay. My sister from the linguist armchair, which oh. is on hiatus. I mean, the linguist <laughs> The linguist armchair. armchair. <laughs> uh, anyway, I've also read When Life Gives You Lululemons. <laughs> uh, it's a Laura, Lauren Weisberger book. It's like the sequel-ish to The Devil Wears Prada, except for it's Andy's like, not in it. It's like anti-MML, MLM? Is it that, like, the pyramid scheme stuff? No. It's not? Okay, never mind. Different thing. <laughs> it's a novel. Uh, I reread Fahrenheit 451. That was cool to read as an adult, because last time I read it, I was in high school, and I'm like, burning books is bad. A report by me. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm like, wow, well, it really is a criticism on how we consume. <laughs> I read Double Cup Love by Eddie Wong. He's the fresh off the boat guy. Mm-hmm. And so then I switched to, that was all in the Overdrive app. Then I switched to the Libby app, and I read The Last Black Unicorn by Tiffany Haddish. Very funny, sometimes very sad, uh, and I guess, and I started, sorry, this is, this is all my books. I started Why Nations Fail, interesting philosophy-esque book. I, I started reading You Can't Spell America Without Me, a parody by Alec Baldwin. I don't think mm-hmm. I'll finish it, because yeah. I don't like reading books that are pointless, and like, yeah, it's funny to make fun of Trump. I think a paragraph could, could like, tell that book, and yeah. I got it, you know? It's like, it's going on, like, a little too long, and yep that's that's about where i am book wise it's taken a bit of a back seat because grad school is very hard i've got i'm not even kidding i've got seven things due on tuesday well actually until tuesday so two are due sunday one is due monday and the rest are due tuesday and i'm going to be in denver for a conference and i don't know how i'm gonna do it uh, so that's that's kind of why we're starting with a cultural discussion because it's easier to talk about and why we're going to do our history, but we're gonna we're gonna do it in a way that gives the Czech Republic fair credit. Trying to think of what else is new. Trying to find a sugar daddy again. I feel like that's the only way because I, I was telling Brad before we started recording I can't sell my plasma anymore because I had a very traumatic experience selling my plasma today. So I feel like I just need to sell the rest of my body instead. <laughs> sell my time. So if anybody knows anybody, I am here. Uh, you can find my Instagram. Uh, I'm not going to give it here, right. but if you okay, save the plugs for the podcast. Oh, you're, you're right. No personal plugs. Uh, let's let's get into the snapshot of the Czech Republic. All right. Well, before we get to that, you know, and never mind. Sorry. Grab your Fiji waters, everybody. Let's take a drink. Oh yeah, I was also going to say. <laughs> Oh, damn, I had a whole funny joke about how Fiji water isn't supporting my lifestyle as much as I'd like to, and that's why I was selling my plasma, but anyway, it's too late now. Those aquifers. Um, All right, so do we want to do overall thoughts and familiarity ratings, or just straight snapshot? Yeah, I like overall thoughts and familiarity ratings, so I like the idea that we're doing this. It's not flippy-floppy. Let's just go. Well, we already flopped the back to the front, so now we're we're starting the front. (laughs) All right, sugar mama, calm down. (laughs) All right, here we go. <laughs> Overall thoughts for the Czech Republic. I'm going to begin. When I studied... <laughs> all right, she's... <laughs> catch your breath. When I studied abroad in Germany, all my friends visited Prague. And did I you th- go with them? I did not go. Oh. And I thought, Prague seems like a pretty cool place. And they were very, very into, like, the techno scene there and the clubbing. And, like, they were more into, like, Czech Republic as a cultural hub. And... Up until I started doing research for this podcast, I thought of them as this, like, cool Eastern European country. But they're really more of a central Germanic kind of country. I'm kind of 
I didn't really understand what their whole vibe was historically, culturally, until I started doing research. And so um, I'm very interested to know about the history. And what I've learned from doing the cultural stuff and some more geography is that, I mean, they've got this weird position of, I don't know, I wouldn't call them Western European. I wouldn't call them Mm -hmm. Eastern European. I never hear anyone say Central European. That's what I was like, sorry, I reached a similar conclusion when I was doing my research too, because I did think that it was a very Eastern European country, even when I visited there. But like in retrospect, it's really not. Um, When you see like, um, you know, very firmly Eastern and Slavic countries, there is a different vibe then. And I think that's like a lot of like what comes from the cultural ties too. Like once we get a linguist armchair who wants to tell us about uh, linguist armchair, tell us about um, how language define culture. I mean, someday. Uh, but I just kind of assumed that because of having a Slavic language that it was Eastern, but it's, it's yep. just not, and it's not Western. It's a blend of all. Like like looking at place names and people's names, like you think more of, oh, this is not, kind of like some flavors of like Eastern European languages, Slavic, because some Polish in there. But then you get to the more of the cultural stuff and the, like, the formations of society, very Germanic, very Austrian, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, like, I'm talking about, like, uh, we're going to get into in the history the Kingdom of Bohemia. Mm-hmm. And Bohemia does uh, encounter some of southern Germany. And when you see, like, Dirndls and Lederhosen and those cool hats and, like, it's leather bridges, it's, <laughs> it's Boho Fo Show. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, uh, all right. So, so let, that's what it looks like. Let me finish my thoughts with my FR. And my, that familiarity rating is going to be a drum roll, a two. But, Oh, I was going to drum roll for you, oh. but it's a two? Yeah, just a two. That's really humble. Um, so when I studied in Germany, oh. <laughs> um, I did go to the to Prague, um, because when you take Ryanair flights, it like 20 euros. Uh, and it's very easy uh, and expensive to stay in hostels there. Uh, so my experience there, I traveled with some people who did not have the same travel goals as me. Uh, because when I go to places... I'd say my number one, uh, my number one goal is sightseeing. Okay. My number two goal is going to museums and learning. My number three goal is eating, and then like a lot of other goals. And then my nine goal is like partying. Yeah. And then my my tenth goal is drug use. I guess those two go together, and tenth is the, the bottom. I don't like going places to do things I could do at home where I feel safe. Yeah. Um. And I was with people who just, they didn't, they just wanted to go for different reasons. Uh, and so I did get to do some of the things that I wanted to do. I got to see the castle. I got to see some bomb churches, um, hung out in some cemeteries, and saw some great dead composers, opera That's singers. so spooky. It's very, very Halloween. Halloween. Uh, but, like, that's the kind of stuff that's important to me because, like, I don't know, you see, like, these very old graves and, and people who really lived uh, in the area that you're seeing at a different time. <clears throat> Castle was super cool. Saw an original uh, piece by Mozart, like like music what? in Mozart's handwriting. No way. Yes, yeah, so they have that on display. Go ahead. Brief aside, we will get to more of this later, but my favorite movie is Amadeus. That's my, my favorite... favorite movie, too. That's how Brad and I can be friends. My favorite, th- favorite director is Milos Forman. He's from the Czech Republic. Hey, I think it's Milos. Milos? That's yeah. a shush? Yeah. The little, when it's like a half a squiggly above the S, it's a shh. I'm going to learn so much. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, guess who tried to practice Slavic names? I did. Guess, <laughs> guess what's weird? No, let me guess. Um, but anyway, so in the castle, they had us like portrait galleries. They had a whole hall of dogs. Another hall full of ducks. Quack. Um, we went to a cool restaurant that was like themey. But it was very expensive. I had goulash, didn't like it. Hmm. My friend got rabbit, and then she asked for a to-go box, and they tried to ch- charge her for the to-go box, and then she threw a fit. And was, I'm like, was it a Fabergé to-go box? Like, what the fuck? It was a it was a fifty cent to-go box, oh, and my friend's whatever. like, "I'm from America, and we don't get charged for to-go boxes." She's like, "Well, this is Europe, and normally we charge you even more for this." So. Uh, so, and then we got to be on a paddle boat on the river underneath the Charles Bridge. Uh, oh yeah, and then there's like this college guy story. We don't need to get into it, but it's kind of funny. Let's not. <laughs> um, so when I was there, like, it was, it was very easy city to be in. 
it was pretty pricey because it, it's the capital. Yep. It's um, also the fifth most visited um, tourist destination in Europe after London, Paris, Istanbul, and other one. That's very cool. It's also one of the least religious places, I would say, in Europe, which you're, means the world. You're stealing my thunder, Kiki. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Overall thoughts, not interesting oh, tidbits. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so I did some research on Prague before I went, but I wasn't. Uh, I didn't do as much as I would have liked, and I feel like I could have enjoyed it more when I did. Um, most of what I knew about Czech Republic, too, came from my mom's friend. When my mom worked at United Airlines, she had a, a friend. I think she her name was, like, uh, Gloria or something. Mm-hmm. And she was from Czechoslovakia, mm-hmm. uh, and she brought back these, like, delicious, delicious Czechoslovakian chocolates called Fedorka. Okay. And my mom, she brought them back for us, so my mom gave us Fedorka. And I went back to Prague, and I, I got cases, <laughs> and they're pretty pricey, but it's kind of like a giant circular Kit Kat. But they got flavors like white chocolate. They got coconut flavor. They have milk chocolate with hazelnut in the middle. I was it sounds like Frere Rocher, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, and they were just really good. Hustle noose. Uh, but yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say my familiarity rating is is a five. Nice. It's not as high as I would like it to be. You've been there though. You set foot on Czech yeah, soil. And I, everyone who I talked to spoke English, and no one really talked to me about it. I mean, I guess like I saw some cool things about histories, but like, I don't know. Something about the language was intimidating to me too. And also there was, like, a lot of drugs on the street, more than I was prepared for at the time. To Not, see. like, super hard drugs, though. Yeah, like, yeah, just, like, fun drugs like Coke, um, like Molly. Um, and I was just, like, not in a mental place where I could, like, accept that people do drugs at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, it was just, like, I was, I was put off by it, and I was also kind of put off by the people I was with. Uh, but anyway, beer was delicious. We'll get into that. This is the birthplace of three-fourths of the world's style of beer. <laughs> okay. Let's get into the snapshot. We've wasted enough of time. All right. The Czech Republic. At a glance. The motto of the Czech Republic is Pravda Viet... Vitezi. Vitezi. Pravda Vitezi. Which means truth prevails. Hey. Um, the anthem, which you heard a little bit of, is... I think it's... Kide Domov Vich. Which is... Where is my home? <laughs> I don't know, Brad. Are you, are you my mother? We're recording um, in it right now. Um, so, the Czech Republic is a landlocked country in Central Europe, bordered by Germany to the west. I mean, it's more of the northwest. Austria mm. to the south, Slovakia to the east, Poland to the northeast. Um, the capital and largest city is Prague. The official language is Czech. The demonym is Czech. Czech, Czech. Czech, Czech. Um, ethnic groups. Oh, yeah. Also, my sister. So, not my sister. My marching band went to Czech Republic and Germany. Um, when I was in That's middle school. a real deal marching band. What the fuck? We did, like, I went to London for the 2008 New Year's Day parade when oh. I was in the Arapaho High School shit. marching band. You didn't tell me. Um, when they make my Wikipedia page, I hope they link me back to it. But anyway, so they, um, a lot of the band went to the Czech Republic. Uh, my brother and sister couldn't afford to go because we were po. Um, and I feel like they were unwilling to work for it, too. Uh, but anyway, everybody came back with these check me out shirts, and I'm like, that's fucking funny. That's fucking funny shit. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was really funny, huh? <laughs> um, but anyway, that's check, check that, check this, and you're gonna hear probably a lot more check jokes <laughs> later. Back to the ethnic groups of Czechoslovakia, <laughs> of Czechia. We we didn't get into why it's called Czechia. That's like yeah, a short. Yeah, it's just a short. It's a shortened name of the Czech Republic. I thought it was more significant. So they're yeah, interchangeable. But, yeah, I think it was like in 2016, it just became the official shorthand name for it. So it's kind of like how we don't call it the United States of America. We'll call it America. Yeah. We call it the USA. Those are official shorthands. Yep. Uh, True. So now it's just Chechia. All right. Chechia. The ethnic groups there. 64.3% are Czechs. Czechs. 25.3% are unspecified. 5% are Moravians. They'll get that in the history. 1.4% are Slovaks. Um, and then 1% are Ukrainians, 3% are other. The religion, now this is one of the countries, I think maybe the high, no, it's the third highest um, rate of non-religious affiliation slash atheism, you know, non-adherence to a, rel- a religious uh, sect or dom- domination. So 44.7% are undeclared, 34.5% are non-religious, 10.5% are Catholic, 2.1% are other Christian denominations. 
excuse me, and then 0.7% are other religions. So they're a very irreligious nation. That's interesting, given their history. I can't wait to find out. The government is a unitary, parliamentary, constitutional republic. Par for the course. We hear a lot about that. Uh, yeah, an upker. <laughs> upker. Uh, the president is Milos Zeman. <laughs> He's a man. Um, and the prime minister is Andrej Babis. I think Babis. Got, I think it might just be an Andre. Andre. Babis. I think that might be kind of like Babis. a kind of J. I wrote these things non-phonetically without all the accent marks because they're hard to find. You guys know that we're just trying our hardest. Yeah, but these had a lot of accent marks on them as Czech does, mm-hmm. so I don't know any of the inflections or intonations. No, I say I, I know Milos only because also of Jane the Virgin, <laughs> my favorite show. And stop mentioning Jane the Virgin on every single podcast. <laughs> no, but there's a character named Milos, <laughs> and he's from the Czech Republic, so that's how I know. This is your 31st Jane the Public Jane the Virgin plug. Okay. <laughs> Jane All the right. Public Virgin plug. Anyway, Government. We're More really about out that. of practice. They are an EU member nation since 2004. And our first EU member nation on this podcast. Yeah. The they do not use the euro. Oh, but Brad will get in there. Fucking spoilers. <laughs> Check me out. Go the <laughs> All right. Area. They are 78,866 square kilometers large, the 115th largest country on Earth, and their population is 10,610,947 people, which is the 84th most populous. That's a pretty exact estimate. It's exactly estimate. It's a 2016 census estimate, so it's very exact. Um, the GDP is around $368 billion. They're the 50th largest GDP. Pretty wealthy. And they're one of the most diverse economies as far as like industry, services, tourism. they got a very good mix. Um, the currency, they do not use the euro or the euro. They use the Czech corona. 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 Means crown. They use the Czech crowns. Um, should I go into some more interesting stuff? Yeah, please. Take okay, it away. Cool. So we're a history of geography podcast. It's geography. <laughs> the Czech landscape is very, very varied. Um, <laughs> west and east is kind of the dividing line here. We have Bohemia in the east. No, Bohemia in the west. And that's a, it's like a dried kind of basin formed by the Elba River. In Czech, it's called the Labe. And the Vltava Rivers. And you've got low mountains in the west, such as the Kurkronis Range. Um, and the highest... Sorry, these pronunciations are so hard, and you're doing such a good job. The highest point in the country is Snetska. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's in the west, too. Uh, Moravia is the eastern part of the country. It's also quite hilly. Um, it's drained mainly by the Morava River, which is where the the name comes from, the etymology. It also contains the source of the Odea River, in Czech as the Odra. Or if it's in German, it's the Or River. <laughs> or. Because Odra yeah. in German is Or. That's so it. you have um, these two main regions, which will feature in the in the um, history as actual distinct, I think, kingdoms. I don't know if it's your thunder or anything uh-huh. like that, but that's where the names come from, are these, these areas. Um... A little cool tidbit about geography is that the Czech Republic leases the Molduhafen, or Hafen, which is a, uh, a 7.4-acre lot in the middle of Hamburg, Germany, in the Docks area. Um, it, was, it was awarded to Czechoslovakia by Article 363 of the Treaty of Versailles to allow that landlocked country like a, a port where that goods could be transported downriver by seagoing ships. And so Czechoslovakia has a little bit of territory in Germany. That's fun. That's a fun little fact. Um, they have four national parks. The oldest is that Kronose uh, <laughs> National Park. It's also a reserve. Uh, there's four other ones. I don't want to pronounce those and offend anybody. Um, and they have three historical lands that make up the, the, the country. They got the... Um, you have the, the Basin for Bohemia, the Moravian Basin, and then the Silesia, which is more of the Odra River, River Basin. Um... A little more stuff about them politically. They're the seventh safest or most peaceful country on Earth. Um, they're a member of the United Nations, European Union, NATO, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, and the Council of Europe. They're also an observer to the Organization, organization of uh, American States. I don't know what that is, but they're an observer there. Very strange. I like that they are observing us. Yeah, someone needs to. Um... <laughs> Let's get into the weeds a little bit about the administrative regions. They have 13 regions, or like states. Um, one of them is the capital city. Um, and they have some cool crests and a lot of heraldry for each of those states. It's very interesting. Um, 
Yeah, so three-fourths or 75% of the, of the uh, country, uh, those people don't declare any religion or faith. So culturally, they're a very um, atheistic or maybe agnostic kind of, um, kind, uh, kind of culture. And they're the third behind China and Japan as far as like that kind of identification. Um, and historically, they've been very tolerant and indifferent towards religion. Um, I'll save the rest for more cultural stuff. Should we do that after the history? Or just do yeah, we can say some. I think like our, our cool notable people, and we've got some. We got to say some some stuff in the second episode. Okay, yeah, we'll say the second episode. Um, yeah, cool. All right, so, yeah, we're gonna go into the history, and I'm gonna try my best. Do we take a break now? Yeah, it's it's we're been, it's, it's a, been a half hour. We'll take a short break. Start the history after. Yeah, go get a a deep breath of water. You'll aspirate and die. Drink that water. <laughs> Please breathe that air because <laughs> it's and not going to be later. very good. <laughs> So our journey into the past of the Czech Republic starts in ancient times, as many great things do. Um, So if we follow the out-of-Africa theory, we also know that people came basically up through Africa and then down from the north. And so in the central part of Europe, there's a lot of crossroads happening. This isn't something from Wikipedia. This is just something that I feel that I know. Yeah, you know it. Um, And there's cave people, and there's... uh, (laughs) Neanderthali people, there's different species of humans because we're at this time just traveling through these areas. The Cro Magnums. Because these are also places with four seasons. It's not always cold like it is in the far north. It's not always hot like it is um, in, in Africa. Many parts of Africa. I don't want to make a generalization. Well, I mean, the wide swath of the near Sahara. Yeah, and you're, and you're, like, you're approaching yeah. the Mediterranean. Yeah. So anyway, there's, and there's mountains. There is prairies, there's there's motherfucking rivers, and where there are rivers, there are civilizations. So the first uh, Paleolithic cultures that settle here include the Achillean, the Mikokian, the Mousterian, the Aurignacian, uh, and those are all just words to me. But yeah. They have some meaning somewhere, yeah. I guess. Um, but there is this archaeological site, it's called the Predmosti Archaeological Site, it's near the city of Brno. Uh, and it's dated between 24,000 and 27,000 years old. And so some of the figurines are the oldest ceramic articles found in Europe. Um, one of these is called the Venus di Dolni v Vestonici. Um, and if you, you look at it, it's basically me if I was carved of stone. Our, our, similar, our figures are very similar. She's more of a pear. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, you could look it up and then you basically can, can see me. Just put some blonde hair on it and some red lipstick. Wow. I am a fertility goddess of ancient people. Brad is, is just going to munch his popcorn and not say anything. <laughs> Brad is not going to say anything because uh, Google it right now. The Venus of Dolny, Vestonice, you can probably just give your best guess. Google will know. Um, I mean, a lot of people know about the, the Venus of Villendorf. Yep. Uh, which was found in Austria, so not too far from here, actually. And, and it's another been... another fertility figure, or assuming it's a fertility figure, another fat little lady, <laughs> nice nice little chunky girl, but um, still munching. Yep, that people carried <laughs> around with them. Uh, the cool thing about this uh, statuette is that when underneath a uh, tomograph, they found that there was a fingerprint of a child before it had been like fired into a ceramic, so a kid had held it. Probably like the child of the artisan Little or, or shit. something. Yeah, <laughs> motherfucker. Um, and then it was it was put into the flames. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Like when, so this is a Mad Men callback, but you know when Don and Harry are talking and, he, and, and Harry's like, I was a photography major. I was always interested in the caves of Lisso um, because of the handprints. Yeah. Because everybody looks at the buffalo, but the handprints are, it's, it's saying I was here. And then you think of the little fingerprints on this little statue. Human life, man. So that's kind of how this history is going to be. It's going to be me interjecting a lot of Mad Men things in this Czech history. Just kidding. Our viewers are used to it by now. Yeah, our our viewers, <laughs> our listeners. Uh, but anyway, that was my joke about the Venus Dolni Vici. I was looking forward to making it, and now it's made. Early tribes in the area. Um, so this area is also settled by the Celts. They were called the Boii. Um, which? No. The, we'll, we'll, what? It's those Celts. What? So, uh, if you guys are also making the same Brad and internal dialogue that Brad is making right now, wow. yeah, we associate the Celts with Ireland, uh, northern Spain, and England. But, I sure do. But they got 
all the fuck over. Uh, this is like, so, um, when you think of like the, the Gallic tribes, which also includes, uh, like... Wait, the Gauls or the Gals? What's the difference? Wait. Well, the, the Gaelic tribes are the Gauls. Okay, okay, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on this podcast. Um, but there's like those tribes that were hanging out you know, like in the southern part of Italy and, and taken over. Then we have the um, Ostrogoths and the other kinds of Goths. Visigoths. The Visigoths. The Eastern and Western Goths, we might say in English. Um, so all these people are around Europe. So it's not actually that crazy, and also the Vikings, obviously, to think that the Celts, who may have been centered in northern France, Ireland, and Scotland, and England, and Spain, got into this part of Eastern Europe, or right into the center, especially for trade routes, um, because this is also cutting right through on your way to Turkey, into the Middle East. So everyone's running around, Um, but they called the Celts the Boii. It's B-O-I-I. We're how I say, boy. Boy. <laughs> like, what's up, boy? <laughs> um, which actually lends... Some Kelty it- boys. <laughs> those, those, those Kelty boys. Um, that lends its name to the region Bohemia. Bohemia. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, so that's where that's the etymology of Bohemia, and that'll become relevant later on. Uh, and the Celts are hanging out here between the 5th century B.C. and the 2nd century A.C. So a little pre-Christ action. Uh, and then they're in the in the first century by Germanic tribes. And this is when we get our Macamanis, the Quadis, and the Lombards. Lombards are especially known for France and, and those areas. Northern Italy and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Germanic towns are described on the map of Ptolemaeus in the second century. Um, so the Cordi, Corridorgis for Gilava. <laughs> Sorry. Corridorgis. <laughs> um, so these tribes migrated to the migrated to the west in the fifth century, and then they became the Slavs. So these the, these tribesmen, these uh, Germanic tribes, and I think probably some leftover Celts became the Slavic people. And we'll figure out why later because they, the Slavic people on their own have a very interesting history. Uh, the first Slavic people. Uh, Czech tribes in Bohemia and the Moravians in Moravia. Moravia is a region next to Bohemia. Yeah. Uh, arrived in the 6th century. So we're going a little bit fast here. We're not going to hang out in, in one region for too long at this time. And for two. Um, according to a historian, they advanced through the Moravian Gate in the valley, and in the year 530 they moved to eastern Bohemia between the, river, the rivers Elbe and Vltava. Those are the two rivers that surround Prague and, and I almost called it Czechoslovakia (laughs) in the Czech Republic Um, and further into central Bohemia many historians support the theory of a further wave of Slavs coming from the south during the first half of the 7th century they fought with the neighboring Avars until the rise of the empire of Samo so Samo was a guy he was actually like a farmer I think Um, and he just tried his hardest uh, rose through the ranks and the armies and um, he was eventually elected Slavic king and so this area was known as uh, Samo's Empire and it stretched from Silesia to present day Slovenia and he ruled from 623 until his death in 658 which I mean I guess when you everyone lives in, to be 40 at this time is pretty significant um, he was oh he wasn't a farmer he was a Frankish merchant which probably explains his connections how he knew so many people yep. who unified several Slavic tribes against robber raids and violence and nearby with the Avars and he was just really good at it and people were like you know what you can be the head of our empire you seem to really know what you're doing uh, so he he was the founder of the first Slavic empire he married twelve Slavic women had 22 sons, 15 daughters, and ruled happily for 35 years. The uh, dream, Kiki. The I dream. I mean, I would love to marry 12 Slavic women. That's like 12 Ivana Trumps, because she was from Czechoslovakia. Uh, and also, I mean, so many beauty queens from Eastern Europe, you see them. If you ever watch you know, Czech porn. Anyway, so Samo's Empire, this is like, establishes the first empire in this region, um, which will later become... I mean, it's going to be, so we're going to make a bonus episode about the Holy Roman Empire because it is a salad of Europe. And it's interesting because like there's, 
an idea of unity that's happening and there's so much influence from the Catholic Church, but they're also separate kingdoms. And this is something that I've struggled for years to understand. So I'd like it if we could really just comb through it so that we're all on the same page when we talk about the HRE. I mean, generally understood like nation states didn't come to what, like Westphalia? Right. And that's way into modern history, so... So, um, and, and the Kingdom of Bohemia was a, a big player, producing some kings was, I mean, Prague was once the seat of the Holy Roman Empire. Yeah. Um, so once we understand more about that, it'll, it'll make more sense, but we're just going to chew on through it, because that's what we do. So the Great Moravia, so we talk about Moravia as the neighbor of Bohemia, the Slavic state, they made it into a Slavic state created by the ancestors of the Czech, Slovaks, and Poles. Um, and so when we talk about Moravian people today, like in your demographic, oh, like those are the people who live in this region that have formed a separate cultural identity because they're the ancestors of the people who settled there who all came from different places. So all this like overlapping is what confused me when I was making this because there's just so many different things going on into what makes a modern political border. But that's going to be Europe. So when we start doing more European countries, buckle up. Yeah, welcome to the world of small, isolated kingdoms. So anyway, now we get to the Duchy of Bohemia, later the Kingdom of Bohemia. So a duchy is an area that is ruled by a duke. For those of you who may not know, it did take me a while to learn that. And Bohemia and the Czech Republic are have the most shared history. Most of most of Bavaria is present day Czech Republic, and there's a reason for that too, because cultural ties and stuff. So, as we mentioned, it was a Bavaria's name for the boys. <laughs> um, and, oh, I'm trying to find where I lost myself. The precursors today is Czechs, too. And then they combined with the Slavics, Samos thing. So, Bohemia was an early Slavic state of Great Moravia. So, that was like the original empire is Great Moravia in this area. The OG. And it's under the rule of Svatopluk, the first. Um, and when he died, Moravia is like crumbling as it happens when great monarchs don't create good great successions no um, one could fill Svatopluk's shoes no one i mean but he was <laughs> he was platypus the first so we know there's a second somewhere <laughs> but anyway so there uh bohemia's initial corporation into the moravian empire resulted in the extensive christianization of the population again this is like in the 18800 so uh, Christianity is getting big in Europe. This is the Dark Ages for most of Europe. Um, and the Roman Empire collapsed some 300 years before this. One could argue it collapsed far before that. We're not talking about Rome today. It was a declination. Um, but the Christianity is, is well underway in Europe. Um, and, and so a native monarchy rose to the throne, and then Bohemia came under the rule of the Prumzlid Prim- dynasty. <laughs> Um, which rules the Czech lands for the next hundred years, several hundred years, excuse me. Uh, the Primislids secured their frontiers on the main Asian interlocutors, and after the collapse of the Moravian state, entered the state of semi-vassalage to Frankish rulers. Frankish are people from France. You might know this, but uh, some people don't. So uh, this alliance, so Frankish rulers also, one thing that I learned in this is like Frankish rulers have a super strong tie to the Holy Roman Empire, the mm-hmm. first uh, Holy Roman Emperor Charlemagne was a Frankish king. And so when we say Frankish rulers, you have to imagine that these are like trade routes coming in from France, Catholic influence, uh, and and basically going to incorporate that Western structure into a previously Slavic society. So close relationships were developed with the East Frankish Kingdom, which devolved from the Carolingian Empire, which is Charlemagne's empire, mm-hmm. into East France- Francia. That's the Holy Roman Empire. So Bohemia is at the center of the creation of the Holy Roman Empire. Noise. Uh! <laughs> uh, after a decisive victory of the Holy Roman Empire and Bohemia avoiding the Magyars, those are people from Romania? Mm-hmm. Hungary? Nice. The east. From the east. On the 955 Battle of Lechfield, uh, Boleslas I of Bohemia was granted the March of Moravia by German Empire Otto the Great. So um, around this time too, actually Boleslas I was the brother, maybe, we'll call him the brother, of my boy, Good King Wenceslas.
So cooking lentil sauce is my favorite St. Stephen's Day tune. Uh, I let that go on a little too long. No, it's our new segment. Um, music <laughs> reference is only Kiki knows. That is the man, the Mannheim Steamroller version of Good King Wenceslas. Um, and I know that one most because we played it in marching band. Um, we didn't play the regular Good King Wenceslas. Anyway, so Good, so good King Wenceslas, a little side history too. If you know your Christmas carols, it isn't a Christmas carol. It's a St. Stephen's Day character. But if you guys know when St. Stephen's Day is, it's the day after Christmas. So people just combine them. It's bigger in England, I guess, uh, but St. Wenceslas, or Wenceslas I, Duke of Bohemia, uh, was the Duke of Bohemia from 1921 until his, his assassination, uh, of which his brother Boleslas the Cruel... Well, not 1921, 921. 921, my bad. <laughs> um, Boleslas, he was complicit in the murder, so we'll just say he was murdered by his brother without going into the politics of all of it. Um, and he's kind of a heroic figure. Uh, if you know the lyrics, you said that as if digging into the <laughs> politics of Wenceslaus would offend people. It, no one gives a shit about Wenceslaus today. Sure, I'm pretty sure at least two people care about Wenceslaus today. You cannot say a single thing about Wenceslaus in any barn or in the world and start a fight. Anyway, Wenceslaus is—he uh, was posthumously declared to be the king, which is whatever—and <laughs> uh, he's the patron saint of the Czech state. Uh, so one thing that he's like known for, if you know the song, is like. On St. Stephen's Day, it's super fucking cold. The snow's everywhere. And he is out giving alms to the poor, um, freezing to death for his people. He's he's seen almost like Christ-like because of his love for his people. And he's known to be a super good king, super brave, the good super king noble. He's the good king Wenceslas. Uh, but anyway, so if you guys ever want to know the history of that song, that's a fun little aside. Also, at this time, everybody within who's has a name, has a cool old title after it. I mean, not everybody, but most people. So that's why you get, like, Boleslaus the Cruel. I saw Charles the Short, Charles the Fat, and another Charles the Bald all in one paragraph. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, we get into uh, back into our timeline. Excuse me. Our very simple, so, not complex timeline. <laughs> so Bohemia uh, largely remains an autonomous state under the Holy Roman Empire for several decades, and the jurisdiction of the Holy Roman Empire was reasserted when uh, Jeremir of Bohemia sounds pretty Tolkieny uh, was granted the fief of the Kingdom of Bohemia by Emperor King Henry II of the Holy Roman Empire, with the promise that he holds it as a vassal once he reoccupies Prague with the German army in 1004. 1004 ending the rule of Boleslaw, Boleslaw the first of Poland. These are a lot of names. I know that's not what you guys care about. You guys care about uh, Charles. So he was the he was basically the regent of Ministeria. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, that's like the that's the first kingdom of Bohemia, the first duchy. All that stuff. That's how it starts and then we get into the Luxembourg dynasty and the golden age of Prague and the Czech people i guess we could Bring say this is another republic net yep uh because we get our boy charles the fourth he founds charles university uh if you guys know probably you know the charles bridge famous bridge with all the statues on it charles square um he lived in the big castle he's actually responsible for building most of it charles is a big fucking deal uh and he was of the house of luxembourg which is another uh salad fragment of the Holy Roman Empire. Uh, and he brings a lot of Western European influence back there because, you know, things got a little a little Eastern, a little, what's going on here? Uh, but he's definitely like, let's be more like Luxembourg. Let's be more like France and Germany. Uh, we're going to be the best ones there is. And also because we know that a lot of technology starts in the West and moves away East. Oh, so anyway... <laughs> He brings Bohemia to its peak, both politically and in total area. He becomes the first king of Bohemia to also be elected the Holy Roman Emperor. So also, like, when you have the seat of the Holy Roman Empire in Prague and in that castle, big fucking deal. And it was a cool castle. I talked about it. <laughs> uh, under his rule, the Bohemian crown controlled diverse lands like Moravia, Silesia, Upper Lusatia, Lusatia, excuse me, Lower Lusatia, Brandenburg, which we know from Brandenburger Gate in Germany, uh, area of Nuremberg called New Bohemia, Luxembourg, and small towns around Germany. So he really moves up north. He takes a lot of German. And that's where we see a lot of the German influence when you look at Prague today and Bohemian influence. When you think of, like, um, 
Bohemia, you're usually thinking like pretzel, dirndl, um, der guten tag stompklump, which is a joke from the producers. And it's it's slapping, jumping, dancing. <laughs> so anyway, after after Charles hangs out, he doesn't get he's he's not succeeded with the same vigor that he rolled with. So his son takes over, I believe, and his son's kind of like, I want to do a lot of things that my dad did, but I also want to fuck German bitches, as so, one does, uh, <laughs> as one does. So he he just doesn't he doesn't continue that legacy, and so his his home his house kind of it falls. And then we get to Hussite Bohemia under the Ecumenical Council of Constance Those in, in 1415. <laughs> Jan Hus, <laughs> the rector of Charles University and prominent reformer, religious thinker. It's also 1415. That's when we're going to be thinking maybe Catholicism isn't for us in this area. Uh, and so he's burned at the stake because Catholicism definitely is for us right now. Uh, and he... A lot of revolution happens. I'm not going to get too much into these revolutions. Uh, but Catholics are fighting the Protestant and the Reformers. Uh, Holy Roman Empire is like, fucking stop, please. And uh, they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so despite the apparent victory <laughs> for the Catholics, um, the Bohemian, they're called the Utraquists, they were strong enough to negotiate freedom of religion in 1436. So that's kind of why I think there's so many non-religious people in, in the Czech Republic today, because like, it started mm, 1,200 years before everybody else. Wait, 600 years before everybody else? Math is hard. Uh, and so this happened in something called the, the Basel Compact. So this declares free, pre, fee, freedom and peace <laughs> between Catholics and, and the Utraquists. This only lasts for a short period of time because uh, the next pope, Pope Pius II, uh, has to be a buzzkill. And he declares the Basel Compacts to be invalid. And then uh, we got a guy named George of Pota Brady. He was, that sounds like a common guy's name. He was ascended to the Bohemian throne. He wants to set up a pan-European Christian league and form all all of Europe into a community based on religion. <laughs> sounds homeschooled. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a little Poe Brady. He's one of them Poe to Brady boys. <laughs> dirty. Um, and so, like, great idea, George. <laughs> and uh, Anyway, these negotiations weren't completed. And his position was diminished over time, and he lost favor with the Pope. So, next we come into the Habsburgs. Um, this is our first interaction with the Habsburgs. I feel like they're going to get their own theme once we figure it out, because Habsburgs were all the fuck over everyone's shit. And if you didn't take a history class in high school, Habsburgs were so inbred. They had giant jaws. Um, they all had hemophilia. Yep. They had, like, body parts falling off at any given point. Those are the main things about the Habsburgs. The highlights, really. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Anyway, so uh, after the death of King Louis the second, maybe it's Louis. Anyway, King L-O-I, no. It'd be Louis. King Louis second. I also was about to spell Louis wrong. <laughs> we'll forget it, though. Uh, of Hungary and Bohemia in the Battle of the Mahaks in 1526, so he dies in that. And then Archduke Ferdinand I of Austria becomes the new king of Bohemia because of succession laws and stuff. Uh, and then because of this, they become a constituent state of the Habsburg monarchy. So we know that Bohemia was re re experiencing religious freedom uh, from 1436 to 1620. Uh, and, and it becomes a very liberal place. But, I mean, I don't think the Habsburg are going to have that for too long. And then Holy Roman Emperor, Holy Roman Emperor Rudolf II makes Prague the capital of Europe. Or capital of empire, basically Europe. Same, and, same. And he's big Catholic, and he's like, guess what? I think everybody else should be Catholic too. Uh, and then we get a Thirty Years' War, and uh, more Calvinists. Literally, this down. is the most. This is the most densest. <laughs> this is the <laughs> densest writing on earth in terms of um, regnal numbers and names. I know. I'm really it's kidding. just sinning starts with one person's name. Next person's name. Oh God, it's so good. So, so like, I'm sorry that there's like a lot of like me trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out the highlights in this are, but we get uh, Frederick's wife because now we get wait Frederick V is the electorate of the 
Palatinate, which means the the palatial hill where the Pope live, right? Yep. So he replaces our boy Ferdinand, actually the second at this time, and he's known as the Winter King, a cool Game of Thronesy thing. Ooh. And then his wife, a bitch named Elizabeth Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing predicated to calling her a bitch. <laughs> Oh, well, she's the Winter Queen. Okay, yeah, she's, she's, she's the Winter Queen, she's cool which bitch. is a cool fucking title. Um, and then she's called Elizabeth of Bohemia. Um, also, just I saw Elizabeth Stewart, and I'm like, this is happening around the same time of um, Elizabeth, who, like, uh, uh, like Elizabeth II's rival, Mary Queen of Scots, because Mary Queen of Scots was Mary Stewart. And I'm like, is this the Stewart household? And it actually, yeah, because <laughs> she's the daughter of James of Scotland. So anyway, it's also a whole fucking mess. <laughs> I'm so confused. It's really confusing. Um, Frederick is defeated at the Battle of the White Mountain. Uh, then, event, I mean, long story short, Prague isn't the ruling city of, of the Holy Roman Empire anymore. Uh, wah, wah. Then Germans have more influence. German language is established as an official second language in Czech lands, and the Czech language is formally the first language. However, people are speaking more Lerman and Jatin. (laughs) German and Latin, um, especially in, like, the upper classes, uh, the lingua franca, wouldn't they say? Uh, So German becomes increasingly dominant, while Czech becomes the, the poor folk language. And then the independence of Bohemia is further jeopardized when the Bohemian, it says Diet, approved administrative reform. Uh, this is in 1749, for those of you who are trying to follow a timeline. Um, and so it includes the indivisibility of the Habsburg Empire, which means that basically it's always going to be bonded with the Austrian chancellery. So as long as they're Habsburgs, it's going to be Austria, Czechoslovakia, buddy's time. Yep. And also hella Catholics. And also, if you're not wanting to be religious, shut the fuck up. Or at least pretend for now. So, that was, so the end of the Holy Roman Empire, it ended in 1806, um, because Germany is like, we're going to be kingdoms now, uh, and then it degrades the political status of the kingdom of Bohemia. They lose their place as an electorate of the Holy Roman Empire, and their own political represent- representation in the political diet. Bohemian lands become part of the Austrian Empire, later Austria-Hungary. In the 18th and 19th century, the Czech national revival began to rise for the purpose of reviving the Czech language, culture, and national identity. And the revolution of 1848 in Prague strives for liberal reforms and autonomy of Bohemian crown with the Austrian Empire suppressed. So we're going to stop it there because that was all just Bohemia yep. um, and line of succession kind of stuff. Didn't even talk about the greater patterns that are happening in Europe and, and the stuff that affects the people um, because... Who, Kiki? The the Czechs? The people. Who are their palaces? <laughs> Who are their servants? Um, but anyway, uh, so when we talk about the Thirty Years' War, which is a big Holy Roman Empire thing, it started with the defenestration of Prague. Great, great word. Yep. Um, other things happened. So the plague hit Czechoslo- Czechoslovakia. It rolls off the tongue. It's hard it not really to say it, really. it, it hit the Czech Republic super hard a little bit after the fact like it, it made a wave through Europe as you know um, and, but by the time it was just like what the fuck uh, no stability people are dying and they don't even have a church to go to oh. but they don't want to anyway Heavens. Um, and then later um, another big problem there was a great famine in 1771 kills a tenth of the Czech population wow um, and so another thing, so I learned this through a philosophy podcast, actually, is that when, like, the plague forces people to, like, think and become philosophers because you lose your entire workforce, which means education is no longer necessarily all for the upper classes because people need to learn how to do stuff. Yep. Uh, and everyone's starving because there's no food and you're losing your work. Eh. So um, this also, like, opens the door for enlightened absolutism especially uh so we both said that our favorite movie is amadeus and uh joseph the second holy roman empire is is happening during the time of absolute enlightened absolutism uh so those are the kind of the things that happening if people are now thinking more that's a broad way to say it but people are are less focused on their work i mean people of any means are less focused on their work because everyone did anyway uh, and the 
feudal system that was previously in place ain't going to cut it. Nope. So this is where different kinds of revolutions and different kinds of ways to think happen. That's basically what I'm trying to say. I did, so I took an Adderall before I started recording, <laughs> and I think that's leading to a lot of the ping, ping-ponging around and, and also well, the, the vocal <laughs> failings. It's also difficult because, I mean, just looking at some of your notes here, um, there's like Baroque culture pops up in Moravia. The, the yeah. Ottoman Turks invade Moravia. So you have like the most Western kind of European Holy Roman Empire monarchy in the West. Then you have like everybody has their Ottoman, nose in their business. You have Ottoman and, and Turks, like their influences through military action in the East. You have the Czech Republic or these two dueling kingdoms as like the crossroads of central Central Europe in a time before there is a true west-east divide for the world wars so i mean this is the real crossroads everything's going through here and nothing's really sticking because of that like it's not it's not pure catholic it's not pure protestant so they're just kind of being trampled upon as the power structures ebb and flow over top of them that's a good way to say it um you know, I mean crusades also happened oh, fuck um, crusades. i mean because of the holy roman empire and being you know a big player uh how many there was a lot of crusades and guess what? None of them are super great. People still talk about the Crusades as a big failing of the country. Not great. Yeah, I would say definitively, the Crusades weren't great. So people are going off to war all the time for things they didn't completely understand or believe in. Um, and actually, I think like if we talk about like German philosophers, I think they share a lot with Czech philosophers and. Mm-hmm. And the way that people think around these areas, and it all comes from poor people dying, rich people not knowing what to do, uh, realizing when the problems are happening, and then another plague happens and you start all over again from scratch. (sighs) So also Napoleon uh, hangs out there for a little bit. Uh, He goes to, uh, so the Napoleonic Wars is the Battle of Austerlitz, Uh, victory by Napoleon, the Battle of Combe which is in northern Bohemia. Uh, so, I mean, there's like a ton of, of history VIPs in this area, and that's something I didn't know about Prague. For sure. I thought it was just kind of, you know, a, a place where people party, do drugs, and there's a cool castle and stuff. Um, I feel like I'm missing out on that, knowing more of Czech history. Because, like, and also like Holy Roman Empire history. Because in, in history class in high school... Because um, I didn't take Roman history classes in college, so I have to keep referring back to that 10 years ago. The Holy Roman Empire was always mentioned, it always came up, but it was never fully explained what it was, or the influence or power, or how it changed the relationships between kingdoms, duchies, and, and regions all throughout Europe. And seeing Holy Roman Empires play um, big roles in like the movies and TVs that we both watch, like it's, like, it's interesting to have a little more context. I feel like the I think this podcast, this history in particular, is exceedingly difficult to convey because usually, if we were in a Western Civ class, there there would have been six or seven different iterations of maps shown to us, with changing fault lines, changing borders. I mean, I can see the current borders right now of the Czech Republic, and you can pull this up too easily. And what what it appears to me is that you have the Alps right to the west of Swi- in Switzerland and stuff. So I'm thinking that. These major powers that are going up into Germany, down into Bohemia and Moravia, and then into Austria. And they're kind of just like using the Czech Republic as this big loop to go through. And so they're getting all the all the foot traffic of every different ideology mm-hmm. and military and monarchy in Europe. And I think like one of the things, too, that we're going to struggle with in this podcast, too, is conveying it properly. I know I didn't in this guy. But when we talked about like, our, our two-part Mexican history episode... Very, very recently for listeners. You may be binging these and listening to it, you know, no more than five hours ago. Uh, Why? <laughs> but, like, like the history, like, Mexican history is so detailed and rich um, because you have these empires that come in, and they have some interaction, but largely it's a succession of who's most in power in mm-hmm. this one geographic region. Um, and with many of the European countries, with all the fucking around that they were doing... There's so much overlap, but it's hard to create a clear and defined timeline. It's also strange because... And and because they have a longer recorded and written history. Not necessarily as a comparison with Mexico, one of the oldest written systems in the yeah. world, but with others. But So Mexico, it's easier for me to conceptualize because you have like 
the Aztecs. You have Tenochtitlan. Tenoch you mean? I mean, you can say Aztecs, Kiki. That's. I guess you can say Aztecs. <laughs> they have like Tenochtitlan, right? Is there their was their capital? Yeah. I'm thinking they have a, a, a single capital. That's the seat of power, and they have like tendrils out from there, and they would radiate from a centralized kind of power. Here you may have, like the kingdom of Bohemia, but their emperor is 300 miles to the to the west. And they have no... The people have no connection to their emperor because supposedly, quote-unquote, he is ordained from God, but it's really just bloodlines and yeah. swords telling him who the emperor is. And you have this disconnect from power and authority and people who don't even speak the language of their emperor. Like, it also... Because, like, because your empire, emperor is 300 miles away, but he's still sending you different culture signals that you're expected to pick up on pretty quick. Which is why, like, I mean, I think when we were talking at the beginning about it not being a Western or Eastern European country, it's because, like, if your power center was in the far Western parts of Europe, they're sending all that stuff back because when they get back home for a visit, they want to have their Western culture with them. Yeah. But you cannot fight the influence of the poor classes trickling up. So we talk about like the existing, like the Slavic people and the Czech people who are holding on and farming. They're preserving their cultures as best as they can. So you do get a mix of, of Slavic culture, Western culture, uh, in the Bohemians, um, and it, it doesn't. It's no not clearly defined as one. I'd be interested to see how the Czech Republic will differ when we do something like Romania, um, which has a lot of traffic over it but I, I do think has a stronger individual identity as one place because they weren't in the Holy Roman Empire. I also think as we go further east, I mean, Romania, I mean, like, that's the battlegrounds between the Ottomans and the Christians and like evil yeah. people yeah. like Vlad the Impaler who we think are evil but they're really like, well he was for defending Christianity for hundred, you know, so uh, just shout out. Yeah, and, and SO to our boy Vlad. Um, L. <laughs> Spoopy Impaler. history thrower. Spooky. <laughs> Okay, so I feel like, so we're going to end our history today on the end of the Holy Roman Empire. Yes, 1806. And, yes, and on our next episode, we will pick up on what the Czech Republic does in the meantime before, like when they still have their own king that's not part of the empire, how yep. they're interacting with the monarchs around them, how they're interacting with the countries, what happens when the Industrial Revolution dumps on them, um, and then what happens in a big way in the early 19th century, World War One, uh, when it gets all kinds of fucked up. It'll get more fucked for up. For Czechoslovakia, specifically. All right, so we'll see you next time. Um, and in the meantime, if you want to get more tweets from us, you can follow us at, at the World Podcast. Um, mostly the tweets are just episode links now, but if you guys want more, I'll give you more. I'm just very stressed out. Tell us what you want. It's hard to think of, like, fun history facts when I'm also, like... Am I going to fail out of school? Can I find a rich man to marry? Uh, also, you can find our Facebook page, uh, The World As We Know It podcast. Please give us a follow. Please give us a like. Give us a rating. And if you say a nice little comment to us, we'll read it on the air. We don't have a new one this week. I was really hoping that we would. I'm telling all my Tinder and Bella matches that I'll date them if they write us a good review. But I don't think it's working out. Uh, but in the future, g gentlemen. <laughs> uh, boys. Yeah, boys. Uh, Don't be a Hussite. It's like, it's my number one goal to have someone like use a pickup line that's from the podcast. Like, hey, I know you from the podcast. Wow. Swoon. Um, let me tell you about um, a flag I don't think you know about. And I'd be like, try me, boy. <laughs> or, I don't know, what's another fun thing? What's another fun <laughs> geography history pickup line? When we return, we'll have it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't have any prepared. I'm sorry. It's fine. I'm going to keep thinking about it. All right. Sorry. I'm just All real right. sorry. See you next time, folks. <laughs>